Well, hello everyone. Art Valerio. Um, welcome to our uh, our next podcast. It's been a while since uh, since you've heard from us, and you know who knows why. So many things going on, and uh, so many things to talk about. Uh, today, I've asked uh, one of our uh, well, longtime uh, realtors who uh, has been a annual top producer and has shown uh, success levels in the real estate industry for over 25 years at um, in the top percentile, uh, Todd Bradley. Welcome, Todd. How are you? I'm good. Safe and sound, Art. Good, good, good to hear. And uh, how are you uh, faring through this this COVID time? Well, it's kind of interesting working from home. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think we're doing okay. Uh, you know, things are challenging. And if you think things are challenging, um, it, you know, it could get more challenging. Who's to say it? it it's fine. It's all good. <laughs> That's good. Good to hear. Good to hear. So um, you've made your career in real estate since you were in your late 20s. No, no, nope. Art. I had an interview with you when I was 23 years old. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> you, I think you were 25. I think I think you just looked older. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that's uh, that's a long time, Todd. So you, I mean, you've been in this market. You understand this market. You've been successful uh, year over year over year. And I know that you have a lot of respect in the industry, uh, not just uh, by people in your own company, but right across the board uh, as far as uh, the industry is concerned. So what I'd like to maybe talk to you about is um, there sort of the mixed information that is coming from um, the so-called experts on what's going on in the real estate industry. And, yes. and, and maybe it's not so much about the national uh, real estate market. Um, I'd really like to focus on Edmonton. I mean, that's what we're about. Uh, this show's is so, you know called location, location, location. It's obviously about Edmonton. So let's um, let's try to focus on that. So overall, let me just start with this question. Overall, what's your impression of the market? The market is um, the market is erratic. The market is unpredictable. Uh, the market is lacking in enough activity uh, so that statistics and so-called experts are floundering. Um, and uh, there is not any indication that we're going to feel some settling and predictability uh, anytime soon. That's that's my kind of take on things. Okay. So let's uh, let's let's talk a little bit about statistics, so we can give our listeners a, a base from uh, from sort of which we're we're speaking from. Um, so at the end of April, total number of sales were down fifty five percent on a year to date basis over last year. Mm -hmm. So tell me about that. Well, I think that that is one of the few statistics uh, that has some credibility. And I think that um, agents that are honest with themselves and do a fair amount of business completely uh, can understand that using that, you know, if you round it to 50%, that, that it, you know, for an April and May marketplace when you should be run off your feet, 
and don't know your name, you're half as busy. And that's, you know, it's so easy to grasp. So I think that that's a very accurate statistic. Okay. So when, when we're analyzing a statistic like that, um, I think, like I think it's important to analyze the specifics of the statistics so people can relate to it. Um, okay. I have some other numbers that I'd like your opinion on. Um, so on a year-to-date basis right now, uh, or actually, I'm sorry, uh, on an active basis right now, there's 2,683 listings in the price range between 300 and 425 and, and and I think that's what we'd like to do is take a look at price ranges so you know specifically what's selling and what isn't selling uh, even though it's all selling at about 50% of you know what it was mm-hmm. selling at last year right so yeah, right. so we have 2600 listings and out of those 2600 um, um, so far uh, we've sold 404 in the month of May so right. that would leave us with about seven months worth of inventory in the price range of three hundred to four twenty-five. And let me let me just fill in the other gaps too. So when we go from four twenty-five to six hundred, there's seventeen hundred and eighty current listings with hundred and sixty-seven sold. And that gives us ten months of inventory in the four twenty-five to six hundred range. Mm-hmm. As we move on to the higher uh, higher uh, pricing uh, brackets, uh, it, the the story gets a little bit worse, I guess. Six hundred to eight hundred thousand, six hundred and sixty nine current listings, total sales thirty nine. So that leaves Ooh. us seventeen months, a year and a half of inventory in the six hundred to eight hundred thousand dollar category. Now, uh, right. I, I'm, I, I added one more category in just to show, you know, sort of where, uh, you know, the differences between real sales uh, and, 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 and properties that are not selling. So we take a look at 800 to $1 million. There's 215 mm-hmm. with eight sales, which gives us about two years worth of inventory in that price range. So how do you, how do you analyze that? Well, the first thing that, that, that to put this in perspective for, uh, you know, a lot of agents and the public in regards to absorption rates is this. You, you always have to say, like, let's use, you know, the middle of the road. You know, we got seven or ten months worth of listings um, in, in, any, in any of those kind of middle of the road price ranges. Okay, so if you've got seven months or ten months worth of listings, if the current absorption rate, okay, the last sentence that always has to be said to your fellow agent or the public, your client, is, and that's if not one other house gets listed today or tomorrow. Very true, very true. Not one. Not one single more listing comes onto the market. We have Mr. and Mrs. Seller 10 months of property for them, Right. So so now what are the chances of not one other one coming on the market? Wow. Pretty damn slim. Yeah, yeah, considering we carry about 23,000 listings a year. Yeah. Now this is also to say, now this is important too on this point. Here we are during this pandemic where people have legitimate health concerns about showing their property. I get that. So this this is even shrinking that inventory even further. 
So that inventory is artificially low right now, considering what it could very well be in a normal spring marketplace when people call you up and say, well, Todd, let's get our property on the market. Well, that's true. Yep. That's a very I, good point. I think, Art, to be very frank, I think that those numbers that you just gave me are in actual fact half of what they should be. I think that it could be d- double if we didn't have the pandemic, we just had bad economic news. I think we could be double those numbers. In terms of, uh, of, of inventory in each category. Yeah, yeah that's okay. right. Instead okay. of having seven months of inventory, we've got 14 in the low price ranges. And so now if you're saying that, are you saying that uh, that the market, the, the effects, the negative effects on the market haven't necessarily been just COVID? Oh, absolutely not. This isn't just COVID. I think regardless of your political stripe, our premier, uh, you know, at least at, at one point, and, and so did the, you know, Rachel Notley, leader of the opposition, have it correct in that we, you know, we're slammed uh, on numerous fronts. You you can't have oil selling at nothing. I mean, nothing. It's worth nothing. The pump jacks, where no matter where you drive through the province, and I just came out of that Lloydminster country, there isn't one of those pump jacks, those donkeys moving up and down. We can't get rid of the stuff. We have a huge deficit, and we've got massive unemployment. So, you know, those numbers are not, are not correct. And when you put things in perspective, you know, little stories like the other day when I was talking to a client trying to get a price reduction and they're saying, no, 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 Todd, we're not going to give our place away. It was the same day that they announced that were 900 city of Edmonton employees laid off, 400 of which were bus drivers. Well, Art, the only way a bus driver gets, you know, fired is if they come drunk to work and there's 400 <laughs> people that have been laid off bus drivers. Do you think any of those 400 people are looking at houses that, that Todd Bradley has listed? No. I doubt it. No, no, that's uh, that's an excellent point, Todd. That's an excellent point. And I I don't <clears throat> I guess I do, I guess I don't want to um paint a, a story of of doom and gloom, but I believe that reality is important for the consumer and uh you know for us to, you know, be aware of. Um and That's right. I have another stat that I think, you know, you might find interesting as well, and mm-hmm. that is the year-to-date sales. Because okay, history, history, you know, it, it it shows trends. It tells us, you know, how we're doing compared to maybe last year. But in actuality, in actuality, I should say, you know, what's happening at this moment in time is probably more important to anybody than what happened last year because. How do we compare last year to this year on so many levels? The you know, of course, COVID being the first one, and then of course, we move forward into the into the uh, oil industry and and uh, and, and natural gas uh, uh, industries. Um, it's never been so bad, and and all those have compounded to create what we have. So let's let's take a look at a real stat, and this is up to. Um, the 26th of May. So I'm talking about yesterday. So this is to yep. midnight yesterday. Uh, total number of solds this year to midnight yesterday from January 1st, 4,738 listings sold. Now, mm-hmm. uh, last year, as an example, we sold 6,350 listings, which shows that the activity in the market is down about 34%. It was down 55% in April, but seems to have bounced back a little, and we would expect that because May is a very busy month. So so we see it's around 34%. What does that mean to the average buyer and seller? 
let's talk about buyers first. What is it? What does it mean for buyers? People that are are actually thinking of buying. Well, it, it for for purchasers, it it means that there's a um, there's uh, the, the, there's facts that that support uh, that properties are still selling, um, and there that that there still is activity out there. Also, lends credibility to what we have always said over the years that regardless of the current market conditions, on the day that you write your offer is that uh, properties will sell if they're good and they're priced correctly. So that makes that to the buyer very clear. It, it should, to some extent, uh, discourage buyers from thinking that there is uh, steals of deals to be had. There's good value out there. But if there's, you know, if, if it's a steal of a deal, you know, that doesn't usually because there'll be somebody else behind you that's, that's waiting to steal it. Um, uh, and for sellers... It oh, wait, indicates wait, wait, again. Let, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but let me ask you this question. So, um, if if I'm a buyer, and I see that uh, sales are down 34 um, percent, am I not thinking anybody that's trying to sell their house right now knows that you know it's pretty much a seller uh, buyer's market, and uh, can't I negotiate to any price I want? Like, how do you associate no. what's selling with with the with the with the ability to negotiate? Well, again, you know, the, the idea that, uh, and, and we run into this all the time with other agents, is when these offers come in from buyers that are, uh, you know, I will just not mince words here, completely asinine, um, and, and they think, well, you know, it's a down market. Well, okay, well, wait a minute. If you're offering, my, my always argument on this, Art, is that if you're offering on this property and there's a multitude of properties out there in comparison to it, you already know it must be a good you know, let's use the word house. It must be a good house to, to buy because you like it. And second off, why would you be putting pen to paper unless you already thought it was well priced? So, you know, again, uh, if something's listed at 400 and you're offering 310 and expect that, you know, somebody's going to, you know, if, if you know it's well priced and the agent knows it's well priced, and the seller knows it's already well priced. Sure. It's, it's open to negotiation and you might get a really good value, but, at three ten, you got to ask yourself, why isn't the realtor you're dealing with buying it? Well, okay. you know, if it's the, right. you know, you know, it doesn't, you know, it, it it it's the Ritchie brothers mentality. You know, well, I'm going to go to the auction, I'm going to bid, and I'm going to get it for nothing. Well, wait a minute, there's three or four other people online or in the stands that, uh, you know, got the same idea. So that's not how it's going to work. So value isn't dictated by the buyer, although the buyer believes it's dictated by him. Value is dictated in and maybe how, uh, in what the seller. Uh, feels um, their bottom line really is in in the current market condition. That's exactly right. So that's interesting. Okay, so so if um, if I'm willing to write an offer as a buyer on something that I feel is priced well, uh, that feeling has been supported by these stats, no matter what market I'm in. Is that correct? No, nope. that's right. No matter what market you're in. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's interesting. That's an interesting way to look at it. Uh, and so, what about um, what about the um, the seller side? The seller side, though, this is where the you know the the epiphany really has to come in, and it takes a lot of skill uh, as an agent, and you have to do your job to make sure you frame the market statistics in such a way that the seller can appreciate uh, the importance of being priced right or ahead of the market in terms of the curve. 
And what I mean by that is that we're talking about statistics predominantly for a seller about what has sold, what the absorption rate is, yeah, the average time on the market. This all is pointing to stuff that actually has got a sold sticker on it, okay? What the seller needs to know is that we're talking about, hey, uh, you know, so many properties sold, so many properties stayed so long on the market before they sold. Here's how many sold versus how many are active. We keep on talking about the ones that sold. Wait a minute. What about all the hundreds and hundreds of listings, which are people, right? Listings are families and people trying to sell their property that have been unsuccessful, utterly unsuccessful. What about those people? So you're trying to say to the sellers, look, you want to be part of that statistic. So as a seller, you know, you have to get, you know, in in a grasp of sold means you've got a property that you're getting showings on and getting offers on, you know, that you're going to be able to at some point close the deal. And and this is where there's a complete, complete lack of reality with sellers at this time. I mean, they, they don't, you know, they don't get it. They, they can blame, they blame the pandemic. They blame all kinds of things. We have to build a negotiating room, but the statistics are all about those people who were lucky enough, lucky enough and priced well enough to get their property sold. This is what, this is the problem that we're all running into. So is the problem for the non-sellers what's called them the ones that don't sell the disappointed people is the problem that um, they're going to wait for uh, prices to match their expectations um, in a in a in a market where it's going actually in the opposite direction? Yeah, and this is what's so sad, Art, is that you and I have been around long enough to, to, to go through a few of these cycles, and and it's the, the numbers are so big for people they can't get a grasp on it. You, you, you know, when you when you do your job and you say okay, and they say, well, Todd, it's no big deal. So what if the market goes down another two percent, and you know, by the end of summer? Okay, well, two percent times your house, you know, at five hundred thousand dollars, you know, you've lost a fair chunk of change. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they there is a complete there's a complete disconnect between everyday living and and what this really looks like. It's it's almost like you have to create a narrative to match the statistics so people can get a grasp on it. When I talked about those bus drivers, Art, yep. that's the narrative that needs to be created because statistics don't mean anything. It's like the, Mr. Trudeau talking about deficits. Trillion dollars doesn't mean anything to me. Trillion, I can't even put that in my mind. No, you're right. But I can yeah. sure understand the fact that if I lost $100 out of my wallet, I'm pretty pissed off. Yeah. I'm thinking, where'd that $100 <laughs> go? <laughs> Uh, your daughter's got it. <laughs> yeah, where'd it go? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a that's a very good, very very good point, Todd, and uh, and I think it does uh, it does kind of put things in perspective for people. Um, another thing that really uh, that really needs to be brought to the forefront is eighty percent of all sales in Edmonton have taken place under the $400,000 mark. That's 80%. And Isn't that, that interesting? And that's a, a statistic uh, that's real, and it's been around for at least the last, let's say, seven to eight years, you know, you know, prior to the doubling up of values, uh, what was it, eight, nine years ago, whatever it was. Yep. So, so now when you take a look at the rest of the market, over 400000 um, there's only 20%. Of 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 a of a market left for you to sell your property in, 
And that's not including all the homes that are under 400 that never sold. So, yep. so in order to sell in a, in a great market, you know, it's easy. Price accordingly, and uh, as long as you're within uh, a reasonable amount, people are going to come and look, and there's a good chance that, that you're gonna, you'll get an offer. In a market that's going in the opposite direction, these statistics tend to work against you continuously, don't they? Absolutely. And that's where, again, if you can create a narrative based on statistics that, that your client can can get a grasp on, you can not always because, you know, we paint a picture that we're always successful in doing this. And lots of times, as you've always said to me, you know, if people really don't want to listen, they're not going to listen anyway. But um, you have to you have to be able to take a look at those statistics and and put them in uh, perspectives that the seller can appreciate. As an example, if you talk about, well, the market's gone down, uh, you know, percentage-wise. Percentage-wise sometimes don't work so well. Uh, if you can say, uh, well, Mr. Valeria, would you agree that your place is worth, you know, $20,000 uh, more six months ago before the oil prices, you know, fell, et cetera. And you say, well, yeah, you know, you usually get agreement because they always want to say that their house is worth more. Well, $20,000 well, and six months now has gone by and you take that $20,000 and divide it by 180 days. Uh, you know, all of a sudden you don't look very well. You know, your, your perspective has changed entirely. So, um, the only way that our clients can benefit from our advice is if they understand that unless you get ahead of this, uh, you're not going to be able to or successful in selling. And there will come a point very quickly uh, that a lot of these folks are going to be upside down. So statistics can help us in, in painting a per percentage basis that of success versus non-success. But as I just mentioned to you, like if we said using that instead of statistics saying, well, if you'd agree that your place is worth $20,000 more six months ago and it's worth $20,000 less and they agree and you say, OK, we'll divide that by 180 days. That means that Mr. Valerio, your house was dropping 110 or 111 bucks a day. Yeah, that's a day. That's a, that's a sobering thought, isn't it? Well, you know, Art, I, I think that there's nobody that's, uh, you know, working people that would, you know, go over to their fire pit or over to the toilet and take a brown $100 bill and flush it down the toilet. But in fact, that that's exactly what's happening. And 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 these statistics and these so-called experts that are leading the public to, to believe, and, this, and I'm ranting a little bit, but leading the public to believe that there's some sort of recovery uh, coming, uh, it, it, that's such a bunch of crap. Uh, because you and I both know, and 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 common sense would dictate that recovery will come, but you got to get to the bottom of the market before you start coming out and going out the other side. And there's always always a level period of yep. when you hit the bottom, you level out, and then you start climbing out of the hole. So, um, you know, again, in desperate times uh, equals some desperate thinking. Um, so, yeah, it's tough going. It's tough, tough going. Okay, so so I if I want to sell my house right now because I believe that it's a good time to maybe buy or because it's just uh, something I need to do at this point. Um, how do I price it? Who do I listen to? What uh, like you know where do I go? Like, well, you know, again, um, you know, this is where uh, we all have to, as agents, not salespeople, but as agents, understand that we're, you know, you don't win them all and, and, and you cannot, and you should not 
uh, you know, mislead your potential client or your client by suggesting things are better than they are. Now, there's always a chance that, you know, you know, something can go right and, and luck is always great. And, and every one of us would gladly eat crow on benefit of our client financially. That's great. So the only w- what you do is you say, you know, you do your best in com- terms of comparisons, but you have to look at the statistics and you have to look at the facts of the economy, et cetera, and say to your client, you know, at one point or another, even if you chance losing the listing uh, and say, OK, well, this is what the past suggests the value of your house to be 400, Mr. Valerio. Uh, but, you know, you know, we could put it on the market, but this is historical information. Remember, we're moving, dripping downwards. Every day it's going down a little, down a little, down a little. Um, and chasing the market's like, you know, chasing a golf ball down the stairs. You're never going to catch it. Um, so so one of the things, the only thing I'm going to say on this little podcast that, that I think is extremely important, and it's not a, a tactic, but I really believe this statement, and I truly believe it, is that when I'm telling my clients some of the facts and trying to protect them from the, 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 the outcomes of what the market's going to look like is I'm telling them that, that I'm very sure. And I almost bet my commission on the next statement is that whatever your house is worth today or your property is worth today is not what it's going to be worth on labor day. Hmm. You think it's going to be worth less? Yeah. I don't know what it's going to be a lot worse or it's going to be a little bit worse, mm-hmm. but, but you know, uh, again, um, you know, the so-called experts based on statistics. Well, you, you at the beginning of our podcast, Art, you talked about absorption rates. Mm-hmm. Well, if those are absorption rates are accurate, and they are mm-hmm. with COVID, yeah. and I believe they're half of what they should be, well, okay, you know, what are the chances of no other inventory coming on? Yeah, no, you know, no, that doesn't even make any sense. That's a good point. So now, so now I'm a seller, okay, and you're advising me. Okay, so, so um, what's the what's the two best pieces of advice you could give me if I want to sell right now? I'm a seller. Well, if you it, again, it, it, sometimes it depends on motivation, but you've got to sell it. Let's say you're upgrading, you've got an, a wonderful opportunity on the other side, yep. uh, or you just got to sell because lots of people are in a position where you, you know they just got to sell. Yep. It's just not looking good. Well, my advice is is that if the if the market is dictating presently based on historical fact and historical comparables that your property is worth, and we always pick a number because it makes for a better story, four hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and and we're pretty sure it's four hundred, and the market is softening either greatly or or gradually doesn't matter. That four hundred is historical, so it means nothing. So you got to be below four hundred to get some interest, and quite frankly you likely are going to have to be quite a bit more aggressive than that. And, uh, that's because that golf ball is going down the stairs faster than you can catch that, it. That that, that's right. And, <laughs> and then, and again, it's and, and even if you get that agreement of, you know, uh, $20,000 more six months ago, yeah, even yeah. if it was 10 art, even yeah. if it was 10 and everybody's going to agree it was $10,000 a month, uh, six months ago, everybody, yep. that's yep. 50 bucks a day. Yeah. 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 You know, Okay. Okay. Well, that's that's a that's really good insight. So now let's let's uh, let's take it from the buyer side. So let's say I'm a buyer, and mm-hmm. I've and I've you know I'm pretty enthusiastic about buying now because I'm one of the few people, as you could see, or I'm you know one of the uh, the, the the small group of people that uh, are buying at this time. Um, what's like? How do you advise me? What's as an agent? You know, because I know your your job is to advise people, not to sell them anything you don't actually sell houses the houses sell themselves themselves. yeah it's about your advice so what kind of advice 
would you give uh, me as a buyer? Well, my advice to you as a buyer is that if, if you're looking for a property to live in, okay, this is an investment property. If you're looking to, to live in something, um, then again, it is a good opportunity to buy because, and, and, and I don't mince words with the clients. Hey, if you buy a place for 350 today, there's a reasonable chance that six months from now, it'll be at 320 and you'll be really sad and say, oh, I should have waited. I should have waited. But if in fact, right, that really that nice house that you bought and it met all your needs and you're excited about it, then it didn't really much matter, especially if you're going to live there for five, six, ten years. Now, if you're going to sell it next year, the plan is, hey, then I guess it doesn't make any sense. But let's also keep in mind something that, again, that that is not appreciated very much. And, and some of our mortgage people could correct me if I'm wrong, but I am pretty sure that residential mortgage rates haven't been this low since 1951. No, you're right. You're right about that. Yeah. You know, so I wasn't around in 51. So there's, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that, let's well, say. neither was you, I, buddy. Neither was yeah, I. Yeah, that's right. But, <laughs> but if you bought a house and, and, and you ended up, you know, and again, remember, you love it. So that's why you bought it. Yeah. But yep. if you bought it and then you call me a year from now and it turns out it's worth 300 instead of 340 and you're sad about it. Well, if interest rates jumped up even a quarter point, you know, or half a point, did it really make any difference? Or, or because if you're just buying a, a three bedroom box to live in with no character, you don't care where it is, et cetera, then, hey, I guess this argument goes out the window. But it's very similar to, to buying and selling farmland. You know, you always buy that quarter section next to your home place because guess what? It's not going to be there. You're only going to have one opportunity if it makes sense for you. It's the right location, right? Yeah. And, and I'm telling people again that. You know, and, and they are excited. Let's face it. There are some buyers out there that know that we, let's not mince words here, Art. We have been in a declining market gradually, dripping like a leaky toilet. We've been in this gradual decline for four straight years, maybe arguably five. True. But four for sure. So now all of a sudden you got four years of decline plus, again, this decline that we're in right now. Hey, um, you know, if you look at the history of the Edmonton real estate market in the general area, you know, we're getting down to some prices that are pretty exciting in terms of affordability. We're, we're back to, hey, you can buy a house, pay for your mortgage payment and the taxes, and it's back to really less than rent. Yeah, no, no, you're bang on with that. And, and, and I can see that as, uh, as being the, uh, sort of the driver for buyers to look now. I mean, interest rates. And the fact that uh, anything under 400, you start talking about 350 and the possibility of getting a single family home under 300 from time to time. I mean, that's an affordable range. And you're 100% right about, um, you know, mortgage uh, uh, mortgage rates equalizing uh, to rent payments. And uh, and that's now, uh, on the other hand, Art, mm -hmm. on, on the bigger price ranges, what's just I just noticed this the other day with, with some clients in that kind of that 900 to 1.2 million mark, which is that mark that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, that there's virtually no sales at all. Right, exactly. Yep. But, but those buyers who are very astute, if they're very educated buyers, they know when they walk into some of these houses that they say to themselves, I couldn't possibly even come close to building this house for this amount of money and doing the upgrades or the basement finishing or the window coverings or the, you know, they know that the value in the upper price ranges art is incredible. Yeah. Incredible. And that's a good point. You know, um, in fact, um, doesn't it mean that that house potentially three years ago was 
hundreds of thousands uh, or listed at, at, at hundreds of thousands more than what it is today? Well, it's not even potentially. I, I did an analysis this morning for somebody that, that picked one out. The, the the house was listed three years ago for $300,000 more money. Wow. And it wasn't a bad listing there. Wow. You know, it was close. It wasn't and in quite that, bang so, on. So you say in that market, the statistics at the time would have supported that price, correct? Yeah, or pretty close to it. Yep, yep pretty yep, close. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that does represent value. And I think you're, you know, you're, right, you're right in that point as well in that uh, – when you look at the upper price range, there's a good reason to buy that type of property as well if that's what you want because to replace it somewhere. Because in the past, you know, the attitude would be, well, if I'm going to spend a $2 million, a million and a half, I'm going to build whatever I want. Well, today, you can't actually build whatever you want for that money because the $1 million to, to $1.5 is going to cost you about $2 million to build. Is that is that well, really and, what you're saying? Yeah, and that's what it means. Yeah. And the other thing, Art, that, that we talked about long, long ago when I started was, and, and it, it, it's tough to get your head around this because pride gets in the way, but it's always better, always better to upgrade in a down market because the tide of the market takes yeah. everybody in and out with them. So if somebody says, well, I'm not going to give my house away at 300, I, I mean, we're thinking 350, and they're looking at the $500,000 house down the way, well, if you take a ten percent smack on yours at three fifty, now you've lost thirty five grand. The guy there up there at five fifty, he's taking ten percent at least, probably not evenly, probably more. Yeah, yeah. But he's losing fifty five. So all of a sudden, you you just gained by buying in a down market. When you buy in an up market, it's good for your sense of pride and and bravado. You know, oh, I sold my house for four hundred. It was three fifty last year. <laughs> but you're not telling anybody that you bought a five hundred and fifty thousand dollar place for six seventy five. No, that's right. Yeah, no, that's a very, very good point, Todd. And uh, and I think that uh, that analogy really allows our listeners to get a grasp of uh, of you know sort of how how much impact buying in an up market or uh, up uh, i should say up trending market or a downtrending market uh, can have on the bottom line because it's about the bottom line at the end of the day if you had to sell um, and the market drops after an up market um, the devastation or the decrease is much greater whereas you know like you said a year from now maybe it's worth a little less uh, but what if it does start to turn around or what not if, but when it does start to turn around, um, then obviously uh, there's a huge upside. Um, so that's uh, that's really that's a really good, uh, really good point. Well, Todd, um, you've made some excellent, excellent points uh, and uh, I really appreciate your time and, uh, you know, your concise description of you know what's going on around us in the real estate market because we get conflicting you know reports we watch you know we watch the news we we read uh, we, we read the news feeds and uh, you know everybody's got their twist on it um, to talk to somebody who's in the middle of the market today and talk about what's happening actually today i hope helps our listeners to make decisions about what they want to do for tomorrow once well, again, I appreciate the time. Well, thank you, Todd, and uh, good luck. Stay healthy, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks for hiring me 32 years ago. <laughs> it was my pleasure, buddy. <laughs> All right. Take care.